the sick position by dorothy canfield this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. reading by matt perard the sick physician by dorothy canfield she had been at first quite the most insignificant element in the life of newton a subject of casual comment among the much occupied card-playing marthas of the little suburban village did you know that that new driver for hanneman's livery stable is married betty holt asked her partner mrs baldwin yes that tow-headed foreign-looking boy they say she's even younger than he did anybody make trumps and of all things they have a baby oh tcha! i didn't mean to play that ace then suddenly horribly she became an object of charity oh betty those pollocks that lived down near the railroad tracks he was thrown out by a runaway team and brought home dead and there isn't a cent in the house somebody's got to see to them can't you oh my dear i couldn't my nerves they say the widow is dreadful somebody told harry she tried to kill herself and they brought him home can't you go why my lace curtains are just half on the drying frames don't you suppose margaret wagner could her horrid husband is off again and there's nothing to keep her she's good at handling that sort of folks the widow's not more than a child herself after this there was a time when she was the tragically insoluble problem which a freak of circumstance threw inexorably into the hands of the busy bridge-plain suburban matrons she wanted but one thing the dark young creature with her girl's face set in steady anguish she asked but one boon of the well-dressed well-fed strangers who came and went through her one-roomed hut she cried out to them to allow her to take her child and follow her husband there was no other thought in the world for her she asked them the wondering shrinking half-frightened fair ladies over and over in her passionate unintelligible speech what other course she could take if we could only talk to her cried maid baldwin what would you say to her if we could asked betty holt unanswerably it was the simplest thing in the world that was finally said to her but it bowed her slim unresigned shoulders to the burden of life mrs emory stealing an hour from little paul's invalid's room made the startling discovery that the poverty-stricken young polack knew french a pure fluent speech quite unlike the halting boarding-school jargon which was the common newton version of the language mrs emory then struggled with the half-forgotten phrases enough to make out that she also spoke german and ran to get margaret wagner half german herself that moody bitter-lipped kind-eyed woman took the rebellious child into her empty arms and cried unsparingly sei sind ein Hose. you are a bad woman your little girl may live to be as happy as you have been and you would keep her from it the widow of ignaz marvenka stiffened in the other's clasp would i have my child know this hour i now live she cried angrily margaret wagner held her off at arm's length and asked her piercingly if you could forget him 
and stop all your grief by forgetting him would you do it the other for an instant still faced her with hard fierce eyes of embittered desolation then the shaft went home for the first time she began to weep and to cry out sobbingly ach never never would i forget but you wish to refuse your child that precious thing you would not forget the widow flung herself down on the bed in passion of protest but it is too hard too hard to live ich kann es nicht je ne puis pas not even for my baby not even for lise elena margaret wagner knelt down beside her and said brokenly there are harder lives that other wives must live suppose he loved you for other women suppose you had no child in all her married life she had never broken her proud silence before the long years of her endurance and her reticence looked out from her steady eyes and lighted sadly the path for the bleeding feet of lisa barvinka she had so shocked her staid and well-regulated neighbors little used to violent emotions that they did not leave her to the impersonal ministrations of charity as they did the other dwellers in the shanties by the railroad tracks the question of her future now began to occupy them as acutely as the question of persuading her to live had done she says she is willing to do anything to support lisalina sighed betty holt to mrs emory but she is so fearfully incompetent it drives me wild with nerves to have her round incompetent why didn't you know she can speak french and-oh i mean incompetent for a woman of her class she's too ignorant ever to try to teach french she's too ignorant for any use in every way it's a literal fact that gretchen wagner had to show her how to hold a needle mrs emory shuddered and such a helpless child as that to be given the care of a baby her own life was spent in a black prison-house of anxiety over a frail little only son who threatened with every wind that blew to leave the loving hands that clung to him so desperately so desperately that life seemed but one long apprehension suppose lis elena should be delicate she shivered again well she's not a bit mrs holt reassured her she's a big fat blonde baby just as different from lisa as can be like the father i suppose well the only thing to do with lisa is to try to teach her something useful maybe she could learn to wait on table for extra help at dinner parties or something like that but she did not learn this or any other occupation which newton women had been taught to consider useful it was not for lack of faithful effort on their part and on hers day after day she brought her rosy yellow-haired child to the home of the holts the bodwins the wagners and the emerys and listened docilely to the instructions of those deft-handed housekeepers about sewing cooking washing dishes cleaning making fires darning stockings and to the last day of her service she performed all these operations as badly as at her first attempt you don't try mrs bodwin accused her one day she raised her fathomless black eyes i try to try she said pitifully in her painful newly learned english mrs bodwin was connecticut born bred dried and seasoned and had no use for sentimentality in the practical matters of life 
i can't keep such a do-less creature she'd ruin us she said indignantly to mrs holt it was a critical period in lisa's affairs the four women who had somehow helplessly seemed to saddle themselves with the responsibility of her fate tried their best to evade this self-assumed burden their last attempt was to persuade her to let them write her family in poland for aid it was a subject they never mentioned to her again so startled were they by the fanged image of rage which she became at the suggestion in fact they never learned from her so much as the name she bore before her marriage they gathered the evident fact from her that she was highly educated and delicately bred and from hanneman the livery stable man only that her husband had been entirely the reverse of these things he couldn't read or write arvinga couldn't but he was an awful good sort of fellow for all that the finest driver i ever had he thought lots of his folks too there was more than twenty dollars in the purse us boys got up for the widow and do you know what that doggone fool woman went and did with it bought a gold locket to put a piece from his old coat in there wa not much more'n that left of him after the smash-up and a gold chain to hang it round her neck she says she's never going to take it off till she dies and the funeral expense is not paid no ma'am i can't tell you any more about marenka there were no other sources of information and they never knew any more they surmised endless romances about the circumstances which led to the heart-breaking happy union of the two so diverse creatures but only on one occasion did lisa by word or act throw any light on her past that occasion befell one day in december the year after her husband's death when she was sitting dully over a basket of darning in the emory house her four patronesses were gathered around the piano in the next room practicing in their chatty amateurish manner a christmas carol all the four had pleasant light untrained voices and occasionally furnished a musical number for the program of a home-made entertainment this was for the christmas party of the sunday school they had chosen an arrangement of a gunot christmas chant and were now admitting the unwisdom of their choice with their usual comfortable acceptance of narrow limitations it was quite beyond their capacities they said unconcernedly to each other after fumbling through the first measures mrs emory the pianist of the group complained that the accompaniment was too hard for her and may bodwin protested at the height of the soprano part i can't sing a decent a you know i can't she broke off in the middle of a measure to remark conversationally and at the sound of a sudden explosive exclamation back of her turned to receive full face one of the most startling sensations of her life afterward each one confessed that she had felt as though a tigress had sprung out at her from a corner of the safe comfortable sitting-room lisa marenka stood before them her face very white her eyes very black her attitude tense as a slinger about to launch his bolt she flung it at them like an insult you do not try you are lazy with your breathe you do not try they stared at her this violent imperious authority was no one they had ever seen they shrank from her as she darted in on mrs bodwin snatching off her belt and commanding with fury breathe breathe 
down here where is my hand deeper now again deeper now think high 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 she motioned passionately towards the zenith now another breath now hieras eh eh she struck the note on the piano and stamped her foot from the throat of the astonished mrs bodwin issued a clear resonant note such as never before in her life had she emitted you can you see lisa accused her you hypnotize me protested the matron still held by the other's flaming eyes if you try you can said mrs marenka scornfully all of you could she pushed mrs emory away from the piano stool and sat down striking without looking at the music the first chords of the accompaniment she gathered them up she swept them along with the quickly increasing impetus of the approach to the glorious opening melody she hurled them into song with one dynamic word of command sing she cried as though death were the only alternative and with one accord began the first rehearsal of the newton woman's quartet it lasted an hour sixty minutes of more intense life than the four married settled ladies had dreamed they were still capable of feeling their leader gave them no time to be self-conscious to wonder at themselves or at her they existed in the moment and the moment's impersonal affair was to cast out upon the air the audible embodiment of a noble spiritual truth nothing less would their commander receive from them she raged at them she pleaded with them she sang all their parts in turn pouring out a powerful perfectly trained young voice that flooded them and swept them away she coaxed them over difficult places she swooped down on them broad-winged and carried them up in eagle flights to peeling climaxes their cheeks were flushed as in their girlhood their eyes shone starlike they had forgotten their creeping everyday life may bodwin was oblivious to the high price of steak and the need of floor polish betty holt's nerves but made her the more sensitively alive to this new joy mrs emory paul's mother for the first time in years knew a beauty untarnished by fear and margaret wagner caught a glimpse of a door of escape from the humiliating bitterness of her life they were trembling in excitement they were singing beyond their wildest dreams of their capacities but above all they were penetrated dazzled drunk with the music with all their souls they were calling the world to forget its cares as they had forgotten theirs to worship with them the greatness of humility ardently they chanted the words though low be the chamber they sang fervently they were wavering agnostics lukewarm doubters all of them come in come in and adore they chanted with uplifted hearts ecstatic as a company of medieval saints their eyes fixed on lisa morenka's exalted face of command at the end there was a silence as they looked wonderingly at each other like travellers returned from a distant country lisa's cheeks were glistening with tears she wiped them away with a murmured explanation it is the first music i hear in so long at last they found their tongues their voices of everyday prose and cried out but you never told us that you are such a musician as 
she nodded simply ah yes it is all i know anything but that was i never taught you must give piano lessons this from mrs emory lisa looked up in astonishment as if fearing ridicule ach the piano i play not at all only little very bad to sing is what i they remembered her masterly management of the accompaniment and laughed you must give singing lessons then the widow clasped her hands for pay she was incredulous ecstasy they nodded amply ach to earn money for lisa lena cried the musician the others were holding a little aloof from her still overawed by her delphic visitation of inspiration for which as though it were the most obvious and expected of phenomena she vouchsafed no explanation or apology but at that moment occurred an incident which restored the balance of power mrs bodwin's maid-of-all-work burst in with lisa lena choking and strangling in her arms lisa sprang for the child with a piercing scream of terror and held it close to her heart turning eyes of idiotic terror on the others what to do what to do she cried wildly stand her on her head and shake her called mrs baldwin hastening towards them lisa tried tremblingly to obey but the heavy child slipped from her arms into a struggling heap on the floor over which she wrung impotent agonized hands this way so said mrs baldwin seizing the sufferer energetically reversing her under one arm and administering a series of sharp blows to her back there was a gurgle a gasp an indignant yell from lisa lena and a large bone button rolled on the floor lisa fell to her knees white and shaken crying out you save her from to die you are so wonderwise may bodwin laughed it is possible that at this moment they had all of them some half-conscious divination of what their relations were to be you teach us to sing all our songs like that one to-day and we'll take care of the baby for you she said so began a new phase in lisa's life she was called mrs marika now and sometimes madame newton ladies thought the foreign title suited her type the number of her pupils increased rapidly and before long a chorus was organized under mrs bodwin's management although the other three of the original quartet feared for the success of this undertaking in the first place lisa insisted that the ladies learn for the first rehearsal a small part of one of the bach passions a strange ascetic choice which augured ill for a miscellaneous gathering of suburban ladies they were afraid too that the courage of their girlish leader might not suffice for the ordeal of facing so large a number of strangers and addressing them in a half-learned foreign tongue but at the first rehearsal as at all subsequent ones the same miracle took place the first chord of the accompaniment transformed the shrinking insignificant girl into a very napoleon of music masterful sure of herself inordinately demanding and inordinately giving forth she launched them upon the sea of harmony with a calm bold certainty she swept them from their niggling one two three countings out upon broad swelling waves of noble rhythm whose existence they had not suspected 
she sprang at their throats like a tiger-cat at the least sign of flagging and drew from them impetuous crescendos and ringing climaxes which made the tears of excited pleasure come into their eyes she fell into a wide-eyed trance of tranquillity and hushed them to heavenly mild diminuados and never for an instant did she take from them the consuming fire of her eyes at the end after they had gone through a short session of the lamentations better sung a thousand times than any music newton had ever heard before she laid down the folded newspaper with which she had been beating time and dismissing them with a nod said wearily that was very very bad but better than at first and we will all do better next week the spell was over the women in the chorus drew long breaths and blinked rapidly returning with surprise to themselves to daylight to the ordinary world to each other well said a soprano to an alto who in everyday life was her sister you don't know how funny it seems to see you with your face and your hat and your gloves just as usual the other understood i know i felt the same way you were just a voice the young leader a sombre brooding figure in her straight black dress had come up to this group and was listening another woman said why i haven't felt so stirred up not since i was being courted i declare that was the way i did feel i thrilled as though i was falling in love again and my youngest is nine years old lisa laid her thin long-fingered hand on the other's shoulder that is music she said solemnly anything smaller than that is not music it is wicked sacrilege and to have that it is enough for any one to live that is my credo flying this flag she went into single-handed combat with the entrenched forces of emotional and intellectual sloth and inertia and so harried baited and persecuted them that in six months time there was to the eye of the most casual observer a definite change in the moral atmosphere of the town the membership of the bridge clubs began to decline and the attendance of those who remained technically loyal to cards was uncertain women made fewer aimless shopping expeditions into the city the number of teas and receptions fell off a little and wardrobes were made ready for the changing seasons with a great abatement from the usual prayerful intensity of care there was so little time now their fanatical overseer whipped laggards into line and spurred the leaders forward delving with titanic energy in the pasture land of newton femininity madame marvinka blasted yawning cavities among the flowers and grasses and found gold and silver and precious stones which then with infinite patience she refined and chased and polished and set she discovered voices in the most unexpected personalities and having discovered them performed the far harder exploit of fanning their owners into a flame of purposeful energy margaret wagner's pleasant alto was found to be a powerful dramatic contralto the use and development of which was like pure air to an invalid sickened by long confinement through the medium of this safe new speech she poured out the bitterness which had so long clogged her heart and purging her bosom 
of the perilous stuff found that life had taught her other and sweeter things feeling an exultant sense of this one day she told her teacher now i see that it is true what you say art is enough even what we poor halfway bunglers may do and know of it it is enough reason for going on they had met in the street and lisa was in her unmusical incarnation a thin black-robed figure with deep-set lustreless eyes told i you that she asked fingering nervously the little golden locket she would always wear until she died told i you that it is enough mrs wagner wondered at her why you said it is your creed the foreigner thrust the locket inside the bosom of her dress and turned away oh yes it is my creed she murmured uncertainly she added bravely however a moment later please be early at the rehearse to-day mrs emory having but a tiny thread of a nondescript voice had insisted that the new teacher take up with her her half-forgotten piano in whose familiar black and white she saw under the new instruction strange meanings laboring over the keys she had sometimes blessed glimpses of a conception of harmony so all-embracing that every fact of life could enter into its great crescendos it is the first thing in my life since little paul's sickness that sets me free of terror she told madame marinka after an hour of searching ecstatic toil over a beethoven andante it makes me understand that life is so great that even death may not take all away from us the other sinuous fingers closed on her locket hard it was always in her hand she smiled waveringly she seemed for a moment even paler than usual ah you understand that you say she asked you understand that now she bent over her music suddenly to hide her face as she went out she paused in the doorway to say fiercely i must work more more it seemed to her four friends that no one could work harder than she at that time but in the months to come she outdid herself newton hummed like a great seashell with the echoes of her ceaseless song the men of the suburb were not enthusiastic naturally they thought of their wives as intended agreeably to supplement and embellish their own cobbled grubbings in the adjacent city music as vital self-expression as the dramatic outpourings of real and potential feeling music as the wings on which their well-tamed women folk took fiery flight for regions of emotion related in no way to their actual lives peacefully and inexorably circumscribed by the wedding ring this music they feared and distrusted as the devil's work the author of the electrifying change they came as a body solidly to oppose she was a morbid foreigner they said and all that anybody knew about her was that evidently she had eloped with her father's coachman and that was the kind of woman she was they were consequently little disposed to sympathize with their wives in the joyful excitement which now fell upon those ladies as a result of a curious sequence of events unimportant in themselves somebody or others second cousin had married the brother of the manager of a company now producing opera in english the second cousin coming by chance to spend sunday in newton brought by chance 
her much bored managerial brother-in-law and he by chance hearing lisa marvenka was no longer bored but vastly startled from here on lisa's four protecting ladies could scarcely keep pace with the swirl of events he went to see lisa that afternoon and she sang for him again and he sent for lisa to come to his office in the city she came back to newton with her great tidings showing a faint smile at the exclamation of her ladies as she called them who were quite overcome with scared delight it was as though an eagle had soared up out of a hen-yard they felt lisa tried to moderate their excitement it was not the metropolitan she told them but if it pleases you if it pleases you i am to sing madame butterfly come one time to see if i do it right but only if i learn those english words so i speak them good you can teach me dat english not they not only taught her that english but they did nothing for the next week but occupy themselves feverishly with preparations they made her kimonos for her with their own hands and the costume of lise Elena, who was to be the child of the story they rehearsed the business of her part incessantly with her they trained lisalina in her role they held the book with endless patience to correct lisa's memory but anxious not to leave a stone unturned in the path of her success don't you think you would better take a lesson or two in the acting they asked her it will be all so new for you a flame leapt up in the midnight of her eyes no there is nothing new for me in that story it is a woman who lives without the husband she loves and then she killed herself because she have him not i know i know they feared among themselves that this time she was really overconfident they feared for her memory for her courage for her voice for her presence of mind if it had been their own debut they could not have known more hopeful and terrified hours on the night of the performance they took their seats with heavily beating hearts they thought that every nerve was strained for lisa and for lisa alone but they had not counted on the new magic of the world to which she had introduced them it was the first opera they had heard since the opening of their ears and with the beginning of the overture they entered once and for all fully into their kingdom of enchantment for a moment all their personal connection with the evening was gone from their minds they were lost in that finest most unearthly of all joys an impersonal impression of art it marked an epoch in their lives they heard they heard what the orchestra was proclaiming they distinguished the different voices of the different instruments as though archangels were calling to them they were aware of the rich texture of the harmony they caught the intricate pattern of modern orchestral music lisa and the abandon of her passion in the love duet of the first act's finale were for the moment to these listeners but parts of a glorious whole when the curtain went down however they came to themselves and silenced by the staccato outburst of applause clasped hands of rapt self-congratulation from their box they could catch glimpses of what was passing in the wings the impresario was shaking hands with lisa between her responses to the applause 
even to their inexperienced eyes it was plain that the prima donna was accepted the next act proved her more than that if her singing pleased the critics it was her acting which carried away the now aroused audience such yearning was in her demand for news of her husband such an exultation over the arrival of his ship glowed through the oriental dignity of her preparations for his homecoming that when the curtain fell on the pathetic scene of endless waiting and heartsick suspense the audience would not be denied a curtain call for a time the management refused but then against all tradition the impresario sent out his new find Les helena trotting by her side the house roared at their appearance there were shouts from the gallery of brava brava and a loud pattering storm of applause lisa walked across the stage holding her child by the hand and bowing her thanks as she passed near her friends she looked into the half-obscurity of their box her painted face glaringly lighted by the footlights their enthusiastic hand-clapping stopped suddenly the smiles of pride and relief and pleasure were stricken from their faces they shrank together staring at the expression of her eyes strange in the smiling mask she held up to the audience she lifted for them to see from where it swung low on the breast of her kimono the little golden locket the locket which was always in her hand she disappeared lisalina skipping in delight to see their kind familiar faces the curtain rose the four ladies did not stir once during the intolerable pathos of that last scene at the unsheathing of the dagger betty holt caught a sharp breath but her eyes did not waver the child came running in there was the heart-breaking passage of pretty tender desolated mother chatter while its eyes were bandaged and the dishonored flag set in its hand the orchestra sent out a sinister note and the woman without a husband passed quietly behind the screen the blindfolded child played smilingly with the doll and waved the little flag the violins filled the hearts of the listeners with ill-omened chords with tragic and dissonant cadences the four women in the box were white to the lips the music changed the other actors came running on the stage the screen was cast down showing the huddled prostrate figure in the kimono the blindfolded child was carried off the curtain went down it was a thoroughly dramatic rendition of that most dramatic finale the four ladies in the box sat motionless staring before them from behind the curtain came an ominous sound of hurrying feet startled shocked voices they leaned forward straining their ears about them the well-pleased audience stirred and murmured and caught its breath in satisfaction over an artistic triumph scraps of talk drifted into the box a consummate singer pronounced the thin-faced elderly man who had taken notes all through the performance the friends of the prima donna had conjectured him an influential music critic i never heard that aria before the suicide more admirably phrased from a group of enthusiastic music students whose heads had been bent over the score of the opera came a girl's fervent voice what more could anybody want in the world than to be able to do that mrs baldwin turned her head what are we waiting for she asked challengingly they looked at each other and made no answer the door at the back of the box opened and lisa lena burst in the black wig gone from her yellow hair her eyes dancing 
i dot a box of candy she chanted holding it up at them triumphantly the fat man gave it to me for not laughing when he wiggled his nose i didn't this time did i where is your mother asked mrs emory in a frightened voice lissalina looked about her with cheerful vagueness oh back there i des she told me this morning that as soon as the man carried me out to run along to you she said i was to go home with you she said you would take care of me betty holt's hand went to her throat did she did she tell you anything else lissalina nodded yes she did her eyes wandered over the audience oh see that lady with d what did she say what did she say they bent over her urgently why why oh yes she said to tell you that her part was so hard for her to play she'd have to rest now from behind the curtain came an ominous sound of slow feet stepping heavily weighted with a burden the four pale motherly women closed about the smiling little girl shielding her from the stage margaret wagner stifled a cry and knelt down by the singer's child what is this thing around your neck she asked in a horrified whisper my mamma put it around my neck said lisa elena it was the little golden locket end of the sick physician by dorothy canfield